the Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 24th, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. First to Alabama, where prison officials are preparing to execute a prisoner on Thursday by putting a mask on his face and using nitrogen gas. That is a method that has never been attempted in an American prison. Our Shantia Hudson has more in this Marshall Project Alabama News Service collaboration. The planned execution of Kenneth Eugene Smith is raising significant concerns among medical experts about the potential dangers associated with this approach. Maurice Shama with the Marshall Project spoke with experts at the American College of Correctional Physicians who say the method is experimental. The Constitution bars cruel and unusual punishment, and um, lawyers for Kenneth Eugene Smith have argued that some of the risks of this execution could look like cruel and unusual punishment. He could vomit, asphyxiate, go into a seizure, go into a coma or a vegetative state. Shama adds doctors have pointed out the nitrogen could leak into the room, perhaps affecting correctional officers or spiritual advisors. While Alabama would be the first state to carry out a nitrogen execution, other states have included nitrogen as a possible method. Oklahoma is reportedly developing its own execution method using nitrogen. And New Hampshire residents voted in the country's first presidential primary of 2024. As of 8 p.m., NBC News projected President Joe Biden, the winner of the Granite State's Democratic primary. And a short time later, at 8.11, NBC News projected Trump as a GOP winner. Nikki Haley, the former U.N. ambassador and South Carolina governor, hoping to capitalize after Governor DeSantis' exit from the race. The question now is how close did she come to Trump? And a new report says the Portland Police Bureau is obscuring information on officers who use excessive force on the job. The details now from Eric Teganoff. Researchers with the organization Control-Alt-Defund investigated use of force data between 2017 and 2023 through public records requests and found only a few officers account for many of these incidences. The highest rate was from Officer Damian Dale, who used force 23 times in 2023. The average for officers that year was 2.7. Sarah Hamid is with Freedom to Thrive, which supported the research. What this report was able to validate was that not only is the violence happening, but the silence is happening in a concentrated way from certain officers who are known to police leadership. The Bureau keeps a use of force dashboard, but officers are identified with a randomly generated number rather than their badge number. In an email responding to the report, Sergeant Kevin Allen said the use of force occurs in a small number of cases, less than half a percent of all calls, and that disparities occur because some officers work in busier areas than others. This is Public News Service. Next to Connecticut, where organizations are working to protect homeless people from the winter's biting chill. This time of year poses severe health challenges for homeless people, like fatal cases of hypothermia and frostbite. Warming shelters have been established for those who need them, though this can sometimes result in the spread of illnesses like the flu or COVID-19. Sarah Fox with the Connecticut Coalition to End Homelessness says allocating annualized funding is a good start to improving this system. $5 million annually to ensure that our community providers have the resources to stand up warming centers, but to keep people safe during the winter. Winter comes every year, and yet we do not have annualized resources. In fact, looking at next winter, there are no resources in sight. Between 2021 and 2022, the annual point-in-time report tracked a 13% increase in homelessness on a single January night, while 2023's report saw an additional 3% increase. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. 
In 2023, the Connecticut General Assembly considered a bill establishing a winter eviction moratorium, making it illegal to evict anyone from December through March, but that bill failed to come to a vote. And this week, a Midwest health care system announced the closure of two hospitals in western Wisconsin. Those who help transport older people to medical appointments say the situation underscores the need for volunteer drivers. The pending closures are in Eau Claire and Chippewa Falls. They're among the many areas served by the new Freedom Transportation Program from the Center for Independent Living. People with disabilities, frail elders, and veterans are given rides to the doctor, grocery store, and for other basic needs. Program director Bobby Hegna says the roster of volunteer drivers has had difficulty recovering from the pandemic. We have some counties that there are no drivers in, and so we're constantly recruiting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Hegna says one of the effects is that many patients will have their appointments on the same day at other providers, putting more pressure on existing drivers. I'm Mike Moen. Finally, Ross Brown lets us know a trio of bills that would curb oil and gas pollution is under consideration by New Mexico lawmakers. New Mexico is the country's second largest oil producer and a top gas producer. State Representative Debbie Serignana believes policy changes are needed to protect children from pollution and prevent fresh water from being wasted during the state's ongoing mega drought. Despite what some believe, she says the bills are not designed to shut down the industry, which she acknowledges is important to the state's bottom line. We're just trying to regulate the industry so they're not operating in a way to waste our fresh water. They have to operate according to basic environmental and public health principles. I'm Roz Brown. This is by Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here's on great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find your trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.